0: right color for my mid-century home? Okay, I get this question all the time. And the short answer is there is no right color. You can pick whatever you like, but that's not particularly helpful. So let's get into it. Hi there. Welcome back to MidMod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to season nine, episode one. So, hey, Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute. I've been busy delivering custom design work to my master plan and visualization package clients and running another session of the ready to remodel program. Shout out to the amazing class of homeowners who showed up every week to our office hours calls and walked through the framework to create master plans for their homes. I love teaching the ready to remodel program and I can't wait to start again soon. Season 9 is going to be all about my most commonly asked questions. I get asked things all the time in my Instagram DMs when I'm talking to clients, and really anytime I meet someone and tell them I'm an architect who specializes in home remodels, they ask me some similar questions time and time again. If you've got an important question you want answered, send it to me, but I might just be covering it in the next couple of weeks. Some topics that are going to come up are, what's the right color for my mid-century house? That's today. How can I get started when I have no momentum? I'm stuck. We'll get into it. How can I make sure my remodeling choices stay mid-century appropriate? Ooh, this is a good one. I've got big plans for you. Can I move this wall? Yeah, we're going to talk about structure. Can I start planning before I have saved enough for my remodel? Oh, yes, we will dive in there. And how do I pick the right fill-in-the-blank door, faucet, handle, trim, etc., and more? This summer, we're going to be talking about the changes you can make that suit a home from the mid-century era, whether they're large or small. I've got you covered, and I can't wait to get into it. Plus, summer always has me feeling projecty, so I've got some amazing workshops, classes, and other mid century educational fun on the docket. The first one is here's the announcement of it I've been developing a new framework about the principles of mid mod design, the qualities of a mid century update to help you make great and easier choices when you're remodeling your home. In other words, when you're planning an update to a mid century home, how can you be sure that the choices you're making are mid mod friendly? I'll be doing a five part design series at the end of this month on Instagram, where we walk through five guiding principles that will always steer you right when you're making a choice for a mid-century update. I'll put together a lesson plan, assign some design homework, stay tuned for updates. By popular demand, I am bringing back the Mid-Century Design Clinic. Last January, we had so much fun doing the Mid-Century Kitchen Clinic that I'm bringing the concept back. Here's how it worked, if you don't remember. We set aside two hours on a Saturday to walk everyone through the steps of planning a Mid-Century Kitchen Update in real time for their kitchens using the steps of the Master Plan Method. These subject matter clinics are intended for my ready-to-remodel students, but I also open them up to the general public. So if you're stuck on a project or wondering if the Master Plan Method is right for you, this is just the way to stick your toe in the water. Now, if you, what you really want is the mid-century kitchen clinic again, because you're thinking about kitchens, you have missed it. Send me a direct message or an email about that. If I get enough momentum, I may find a way to bring the topic back. But for this summer, I'm going to be focusing on how to make a perfect mid-century friendly choice for your outside spaces, your deck, your patio, a three-season room, or another backyard connecting addition. Great indoor-outdoor connections are one of the key features of the best early mid-century homes. Coming out of their birthplace in California, the early MCM designers were all about dissolving the barriers between in and out. That works a little differently here in the Midwest, in my home place, because we have to worry about winter and mosquitoes. But there is so much you can do to borrow space from your backyard, to make the inside of your house bigger, and to connect through from your outside spaces in the end to make them both feel more friendly and make the design choices for your outdoor living areas more stylish, but also more livable, to encourage you to step out the door more often, every day, multiple times a day. So stay tuned. I'll be announcing the dates for the Mid-Century Outside Spaces Clinic soon. If you want to ensure that you'll be the first to know when that comes up, sign up on the waitlist by going to midmod-midwest.com slash waitlist. And one more thing before we get started, I will be reopening another session of Ready to Remodel at the end of the summer, so if you want to get help planning your mid-century home update, get in gear, get your name on that wait list. Can't wait to see you there. Whenever you're planning a mid-century remodel, it helps to have a trove of great mid-century oriented resources around you, whether those be educational, blog posts, books, etc., or product suppliers that are going to get you on track with great mid-century choices, Every week, I'm calling out a mid-century resource I love from the list. If you would like to collect all, I think it's 89 now, just go to midmod-midwest.com slash resources. But the one I'm shouting out today is Modbox Mailbox. This great company makes vintage style but totally current mailboxes in an array of mid-mod friendly colors. And as I'll be talking about later in this episode, one of the easiest shortcuts you can make towards what of any color provided by any paint company should I choose for my house? How could I tell? If you just choose one from the array of Modbox friendly colors and match your front door to that, that's started you off on the process of a color scheme for your entire house. I have a Modbox mailbox on my house. This is not a paid ad. I just actually love them. So that's your resource of the week. Modbox mailbox. All right. All right show notes. As always, if you want to find the links that I'm mentioning, throwing at you too fast to capture here, you can just do one master link at midmod midwestcom slash 901 for everything I've mentioned in the episode. If you want to go straight to the colors guide that I'll be referring to from here on out, go to midma-midwest.com slash colors and get it sent to your inbox. All right. So the question we're answering today is what's the right color for my mid-century home? And like I said, if you want to know the secret, The short answer is you can do whatever you want, but I understand that's not helpful. So before you can know the right answer for your home, you need to master plan it a little. It's been a minute since I ran through the steps of the master plan framework. So as a reminder, it goes dream, discover, distill, draft, develop. And how does a master plan apply to colors? It applies to everything. Let's go through them point by point. The first thing to do when you're thinking about colors isn't necessarily to think about what colors look like. It's to think about what colors feel like. So ask yourself what you want. That's a dream. What's the feeling you want your home to create in you and in others? Should it be funky or chic? Should it stand out or blend in? The outside of your house is the first statement of home that you make to yourself and to the outside world. So tailor your choice to your own desires. What do you want the color of your house to do for you? If you're trying to make a statement to catch the eye of your friends or the pizza delivery folk or generally say, hello, here we are, that's one kind of a look. If you're trying to blend in, be unobtrusive, step back, make your house feel like a soothing retreat, that's another. So you want to know whether you want your house to feel soothing or vitalizing. Color has huge powers to change your perception and mood. And I'm not going to get fully into color theory, but you know, this is obvious. The same t-shirt in black, white, or red can have a totally different look so can your house. Color can also signal your allegiance to certain design movements, your design personality. Here are some examples. So for many years during the mid-century era, there was a certain type of barn red. Frank Lloyd Wright called it Cherokee red. And uh, I think that's not really a term he had the right to appropriate or that we should apply to color anymore. So I personally prefer to call it Usonian red. But if you can visualize it, that color was often used in combination with the most adventurous of mid-century designs, and it became a sort of a signifier. Someone who cares about design lives here. That's still true, and it's still a great color to choose for someone with a mid-century house. If you choose it today, it has a slightly different connotation. Back when it was new, that color is as literally as old as the hills, oxide red. But when it was in the mid-century era, it was a fresh up-to-date hip color. Now it's a little bit more of a subtle classic mid-century color, but it still totally works. It's a great choice. For the last decade or so, I would say that a similar effect to what that Usonian red meant back in the mid-century era is the millennial gray house. For the last decade, whenever a new, usually millennial, homeowner moves into a mid-century house that was done in dark brown in the 80s or beige in the early 2000s, the first thing they do to say this is my home is paint it gray. The darker the gray, the more dramatic the statement. They're signifying that they want to bring a fresh sense of design to the house. And usually when you see a house go gray, you'll see bold house numbers go up, more interesting landscaping go in. If you peek in the windows, you'll see mid-mod furniture, sometimes vintage, sometimes reproduction. It's a bit more of a design feeling house. Not every time. It's not proof, but it's certainly a signifier. These days, the trending color for mid-century homes is shifting. Gray is trendy, so it's going to go off-trend at some point. And it's looking more and more like the new trend will be white on white, which is not a beginner style. It requires excellent maintenance, even house washing in some climates to pull it off. And it can have the same pure, stark, designerly effect that gray or Usonian red can have. By the way, In those three colors, gray, white, or Usonian red, you want to have basically everything that's paintable that color. Not just the house, but the trim, the window frames, um, even house numbers. Really, you want to create just an effect of textures with a monolithic color. The only example probably being a pop of color at the front door. But sometimes with either gray, Houstonian red or white, you don't even bring another color into the environment. You just do a wood accent, natural stained wood door and anything else that needs to happen, perhaps to highlight a brick that's happening around the house or stone. We'll get into highlighting your accent materials a little later in the episode. In any case, though, um, a word of warning on white, white siding with black details, black trim, black door, black faux shutters. That's not mid-century modern. That's Chip and Joanna Gaines' core. So watch out for that. It's a tricky distinction. Long story short, the color you choose for your house is about more than how it looks. It's how it feels, how it presents. So even as you go around picking, I like pink, I don't like teal, or vice versa, um, bear in mind, the moods, the signifiers, the meaning of the color you choose. The next step in the master plan process is Discovery. Taking stock of what you've got is basically the simple version of discovering. So to do this well, you want to make an inventory of your existing visual conditions, considering what colors, types of brick, stone, concrete block, etc. do you have around your house right now? What color is your roof? Or do you plan to change that too? Are there flowering trees or plants that show up in a particular color at certain times of year? Is your area likely to have regular snow? What shades of green are you dealing with through the year? All of these affect your color choice. If there's a material on your house that you love or hate, you can use color to emphasize it or de-emphasize it. For example, if you've got a beautiful sandstone feature wall, you might choose to do the entire house in that exact same tone to really state that that color is your touchstone. Or you might want to set it off. You might want to go really contrastingly dark so that that stone pops. When you're taking stock of discovery matters, you might also think about if the house feels too large to you, this is where dream and discover kind of merge, you can use a monolithic color or a dark color to tone it down. This is also where you want to take stock of maintenance issues for a couple of reasons. One, if the house is really... If it's in poor shape, if you've got original siding that's been dinged and scratched by previous homeowners, if you feel like um, some of the details have been patched or replaced, you can actually use a dark monolithic color to conceal some of the damage to the house over time. If you feel like every detail in your house is perfect and you want to show them all off, a lighter color will have better chance to show off from the shadows. So you can make some choices about that. This is actually a great place to talk about light versus dark house colors. The two most extreme versions of light and dark are white on white or black on black. And making this choice is about more than just style, because it also affects the way your house stands out from the background, how much detail it shows, like I was just saying, and how big it feels. People often shy away from dark colors for their home, black, dark gray, navy, because they feel... Uh, overly intense and when you look at them against a white background on a color card for example or against a rendering on white paper they do feel very intense but in reality that dark colors have the same effect as dark clothing does they can be very slimming a dark colored house will actually appear smaller than a light one of the exact same size Uh, There's a great visual reference to this in my Mid-Century Color Carousel, the free resource I've got of showing off multiple colors for mid-century houses, which you can grab at midmod-midwest.com slash colors. But in general, just remember that darker colors are going to obscure the details of your home, which is, again, an advantage or a disadvantage, depending on your preference. So if you really want to show off every little detail of your house where the siding changes from narrow and vertical to wide and horizontal, you probably want a lighter color so that people will be more able to distinguish that detail from the street. As a matter of interest, one last thing to do in discovery is to figure out if you can find out what colors your house has been in the past. You might do this by scraping back layers of paint or crawl into the... Um, attic of an addition and see what part of the house was formerly exposed outside and they never bothered to paint it when they put on the addition, your neighbors or your neighborhood association might have pictures. Now, there's no rule, of course, stating that you have to paint your house the same color it once was, but it's fun to know the history. All right. The third step of the master plan process is to distill, identify what you like. So don't hesitate to paint your whole house or a part of it, like your front door, your favorite color. Whatever that color is, it's your house. Whenever I'm talking about style guides, I'm talking about how to let your life be simple. Remodeling is a complicated, stressful process. So if you like something, listen to that instinct. Go with it. Distill is all about what you like. If there's a house in your neighborhood with siding you love, copy it. Or if you already have a mailbox in your favorite color, paint your door to match, choose some deck furniture in the same tone, let your options be simple. Once you've anchored your overall decision with some starting point, just carry on from there to finish the job. You can seek out inspiration in the distill phase for a lot of different things, from other houses in your area, from the internet, Pinterest is your friend, uh, from other colors of things in your life that you love, your favorite pair of earrings. Favorite shoes, a piece of art that you like. Here are a couple of places to make your life easier. As I said at the top of the episode, Mod Box Mailbox has a nice array of super cute mid-mod colors. If you like any of those colors, pick one of them for your mailbox. Take it to the paint store, have it matched by their matching color machine. Choose that for your front door, and go from there. It's as easy as that. Um, or look at the choices you've already made in your life. A recent client came to us asking for a visualization package, they'd already made a bunch of choices for their interior and were now focusing on the outside of their house. Most of those interior color choices had been pulled from a favorite piece of modernist art. They had a lot of primary reds, blues, and browns. Now, that doesn't mean they have to do the same thing on their outside of their house, but you'd better believe that's where we started when we were helping them visualize various choices for siding and accent colors because we already know they like those. And then one of the lovely homeowners inside my most recent cohort of ready to remodel, you know who you are, pulled a piece of art as the inspiration for all the colors in their house. They built their entire style guide around this piece, which they plan to hang in the room. She already knew she liked it. It was a long time favorite, and this was actually not necessarily a mid-century piece of art, but it was a way for her to anchor that piece of art in the room, in the house, and then just live inside the colors of her favorite painting. What a win! After dreaming, discovery, and distill, the next step is to draft. This is where you test multiple options. So there's a bunch of different ways to do this. You can try photographing your house and adding colors in Photoshop. Uh, You can put them in an Instagram story and scribble on them with colors if you want to go low tech or in a notes file. Don't be afraid, though, to test paint swatches in real life. The point is to look at multiple options and narrow them down and figure out what works for you. Alright, time for a little rant about specific color choices. One question I also get all the time is what color is your house? What color is your front door? And I'll actually tell you the answer right now, even though I never give it out on Instagram. The answer is that my house is Gropius Gray from my local paint company, Home in Lindsay. Now, I highly recommend my local paint company if you're Madison local. Go check out Matt Holman Lindsay. Their showroom is wonderful. Their folks are always nice. They're super helpful. And in fact, they helped me perfectly match my orange front door to the mailbox I'd already picked. I don't recommend you choose Gropius Gray for your house, however, and that's because The right color for one house isn't necessarily the right color for another. House color is influenced by seasonal foliage, the other houses across the street, the way the sun hits your house at different times of day, the ratio of cloudy weather to sunny weather in your climate, and more. If you love the color of someone else's house, don't ask them for their paint swatch number. What you want to do is go to the paint store and find colors that seem similar to you. 10 to 20 paint chips might work. Take them home and test them around the house to pick your favorite three. Go back to the paint store and get quartz samples so that you can paint big swatches. I'm talking like four foot by four foot all over your house on each side to see how they look in sun versus shade and different times of the day. Pick your favorite from those and then put it all over your house. Anyway, you now know a secret I never disclose on Instagram. The reason I chose Gropius Grey, and I will confess this to you, is I like the name. I will always pick a color that I love, but if it comes down to two colors that I like both pretty well, I will pick the one with the name I like better. And Gropius was a great of the early modernist era, an architect who taught at the Bauhaus school. So it just felt like an appropriate choice for me, and it makes me smile when I think about it. Here's the bottom line for you, though. Test, test, test. Start with Photoshop, and if you're looking for an array of samples that don't perfectly match your house but could match some of the conditions, like... If you have red brick, a couple of house colors paired with red brick. If you have a sandstone, we've got a couple of house colors paired with a sandstone. If you've got cream brick, we've got a couple of house colors that look great with cream brick, all gathered together in the MidMod Color Carousel, which is a free design guide that I put together just a few months ago. No, just two months ago, just one month ago, recently anyway. If you haven't got it yet, you want it. So go to midmod-midwest.com and grab your copy. It's fun. Even if you're not planning to recolor your house right now, it's just fun to look at. The last step is to develop your master plan. Fill in the blanks. So basically from what you've got and what you like for one color or two, pull it all together. Choose an overall siding color that works with the front door, axon pieces, and masonry that you've got. You've got options. If you want to play it safe, gray is an option. If you want to lean a little back toward the mid-mod era, try out a few of the color combos that I put on my vintage sheet with some pastels, some mint greens, some sea blues, uh, baby pink. They're really cute and actually kind of a bold choice now for a mid-century house. Basically, it's time to swatch, let the best color win, and choose something that's going to make you feel happy about your home. The wonderful thing about paint colors is that they can always be re-chosen. You're making a slightly more permanent choice if you're choosing right now to have your house resided and you're going with one of the new cement board products like Hardy or LP Smart Side that come with the color embedded in the material. Um, That's a fantastic low-maintenance or no-maintenance choice, by the way. If you pick a color, stick with it for the next 30 years, you'll never have to repaint that stuff. But the great news is if you pick a color you're not wild about now or you change your mind in 10 years or next year... You can paint right over that kind of product as well, and then you just start a maintenance cycle as you would for a regular original wooden-sided house. So the short version of all of that is remember to dream. Think about what you want your house color to say about you and your family. Discover. Take a stock of the status of your maintenance. If there are other things you wanna gather in with this repainting process, if you're changing up the roof, if you wanna make sure you're emphasizing a brick that's great or de-emphasizing a color you don't like, all of these are possible now in the house painting process. Then remember to distill. Once you've made a decision, let that decision guide the next one and so forth until you have a simple array of color and material choices you can repeat through this project and many future ones to make your life easier going forward. And then don't forget to draft. Try multiple colors in swatches. And finally, pull together a master plan approach to recoloring your house. If you feel like you need more help than that to figure out what's the right color for your house... I can help you one-to-one. I cannot answer this question for you in an Instagram DM, although I would love to see a picture of your house. Please send it. But if you really want some advice, we can either schedule a consultation call and walk you through all of the options and pros and cons, or you can grab a visualization package. And if you'd love to think more about how to apply a master plan process to your remodel, well then just stay tuned because this summer we're going to be doing a design series, a design clinic workshop on one weekend day in August, and then I'm gonna be relaunching The Ready to Remodel program by the end of summer. I can't wait to talk about mid century updates with you all summer long. Speaking of which, next week we'll be talking about how to get started. If you're just at the beginning of your mid century remodel process, or if you've been thinking about changes you want to make for a really long time and you're just feeling stuck, we're going to be talking about how to break the inertia and get your ball rolling with a small but fun project that you can do now, for example, this summer. Uh, Spoiler alert, Painting something about your house is always a great way to get started. Happy July and stay cool till then, MidMod Remodelers. See you next week.